0: What's up, guys? It's Bryson here, of course, with Alonzo. And it's a great day, guys. It's a really great day. It was a great weekend. Last night was absolutely amazing. Today's Tuesday. So you know what happened last night. What's going on, Alonzo?
1: Man, last night, I felt vindicated. I really did. It it was – I noticed from the first snap of the game on that it was going to be a weird night because I was – like, I was pulling for the Jets, and that's that has to be the first time in my life that I've ever been, like, actively rooting for the Jets to win a football game. But you know who was on the other sideline, and boy, did he look overmatched, overwhelmed, horrible. He looked – and he by the way, not to pile on Patricia, it looked like he gained, like, yep. 30 pounds in the offseason. season. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But
0: I have never seen a worse debut from a head coach. That was just pathetic. And he pathetic. also, like, he didn't look good. Like, he was very, I can't, exp- I want to say, pa- I want to say passive aggressive, but he was just, he was just kept making his little head nods and, you know, like, just kind of drooping his head on the sideline. He looked, his body language was awful. It was absolutely awful. He looked like a dead man out there.
1: His body language was awful. His presentation was awful. Like We are not fans of Colin Coward on this podcast. I want to make that abundantly clear. But he did have like a great little bit on how Patricia just looked raggedy. and He just looked like shit. He looked not like a head coach on the sidelines. It was unprofessional. It was dirty. It was... The backwards hat, he had a pencil in his ear for some (laughs) stupid fucking reason that I still don't understand. And, I mean, you looked at him on the sidelines. I don't think I saw him talking to anyone all game. It was just him alone. It looked like he was on an island. And eh, he's going to be a disaster. He's just a train wreck. You know how the Patriots defense always struggled the first month of the season? Like, that's going to be the Lions now. And I'm just so glad we play them next after Jacksonville because that, for the first September, that's going to be the worst team in the NFL. Like, I am pretty confident saying that. that they, They're terrible. They're just terrible. And their personnel is bad. And Patricia,
0: it was so beautiful to watch. Yeah, it I really feel was. vindicated as well. As, as you know, I've had many popular Matt Patricia's fucking terrible rants. And I can remember all the all the pushback I got last year, especially when October and November rolled around and the Patriots started to look good again. But now that Matt Patricia has this fancy car in front of his hands, which is the Detroit Lions, all three phases he's in charge of, and they all were terrible. So just <laughs> take that to the fucking bank, will you?
1: <laughs> yeah, literally, just everything—the special teams, the the defense. The defense was like. It was surprisingly <laughs> no. bad. Seriously, no. Darnold, a rookie quarterback. It was. It was <laughs> like they couldn't stop in Nunwa, and Nun was a good player, but they just they had no idea how to cover in Nunwa. and It was so funny, and I, I mean, the, the guy is he, look just look <laughs> at him. Seriously, he looks overmatched everywhere, and I the. I'm sorry, man, but if you're a Lions fan and you're watching that game, be it on t v or in person, and you look at his body language, you look at his presentation, you look at how the team's playing, you look at the reports out of Detroit, and it's yeah, it's going be a disaster for
0: them Take that oh and the by the way, bank. they expect it to be good and for an instant turnaround <laughs> so yeah, no, and the, I think
1: they won ten yeah, games they're not last winning year half that. Right. They they won ten games last year. And I mean I get I didn't think Jim Caldwell was very good, don't get me wrong, but they brought in Patricia and that is just a steep downgrade for them. And you you saw it last night. It he's bad. Oh my he's god, so do bad. we ever love
0: this? <laughs> do we ever love it?
1: We it it was I enjoyed it so much. It was the Jets hanging 48 on him and just realizing that the last two games he's coached, he's allowed a total of 89 points. And that had happened by the end of the third quarter. It's just ridiculous. This guy, I swear, he's not good. And for all those, the people that defend him, and I saw someone on Twitter, I'm not even going to call him out by his at try to defend them last night and go on a little pro Matt Patricia rant. Just stop it. You're on the wrong side of history here. And really, really just stop it. You're embarrassing yourself.
0: Yeah, actually at the start of the game, I just really wanted a high scoring game. I want to put I want to push my Matt Stafford's a to top five quarterback agenda. I wanted Patricia to get scored to get scored all over. Oh. So at the end of the game I-, I was like, man, I won, but at what cost? Because Matt Stafford looked like shit. <laughs> oh boy top five that is that's
1: a, that The please don't <laughs> die on that hill <laughs> no one's coming to get
0: you so don't die just all get right. down from it we can move on with that we're not going to talk about matt stafford <laughs> all right so the patriots <laughs> played an actual football game it's been six months since fat boy Patricia was on the sideline, but here we are, here we were. We had the Texans in town and guess what, Alonzo, the offense with Tom Brady is still good. It didn't matter who was out there. Dwayne Allen was useless ass was out there. It didn't matter. <laughs> you know, it didn't matter. Devlin <laughs> had more catches than him. It didn't matter. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a good game for Tom Brady, all things considering, you know, the wide receivers didn't have a, didn't have a excellent <laughs> game, but it worked, did the job.
1: You know what? I'm going to say it. it was a great game for Tom Brady. He missed one pass. He missed one. That was the touchdown to Burkhead. And like two two or three plays later, he immediately comes down and he throws just a dart to Gronk for the touchdown. And, yeah, the offense, still good. Gronk, still good. James White, still good. Chris Hogan still can't separate when he's a focal point of the defense's attention. Phil set looks great. Looks like Dion branch light and we love it. We, we do it's uh, you know, I, it was just the kind of game script that they needed. They barely had to go to true 11 personnel. And when they did Riley McCarron was the third receiver. So that that's problematic. And now I guess it'll be Corey Coleman, but it, They had enough and they did enough and they won the game and it was great. Like I said, the great players that we know are great are still great. And when Edelman comes back, I think that this complement of weapons for Brady is definitely more than enough.
0: Yeah. And Josh McDaniels and Brady had a hell of a game. It was similar to the Saints game last year. We talked about it maybe being like that. You put Dwayne Allen out there and Gronk, and you and you force the team, the Texans, to bring extra linebackers out, and they just shredded them. They shredded them all night. It doesn't matter that Dwayne Allen's basically a second offensive lineman out there. It doesn't matter. They just shredded them anyway. And and the other good thing for me was yeah. uh, Trent Brown, fucking good. Just want to let you guys know Trent Brown is very good. He had to Davion Clowney basically all night and. Maybe whiffed on a couple plays. I think he gave up two pressures. He he had two whiffs from what I saw. But he was excellent, especially considering how many times he had one-on-ones with Davey on Clowney. And then you had Shaq Mason, who we just paid. What an investment that was because that dude was blocking two guys all night and mainly blocking J.J. Watt into Clowney for Cannon. He was blocking Watt into Clowney <laughs> so Cannon yeah. would have an easier time on, on significant amounts of play. Like that dude is that dude's great. I didn't under, I didn't know if the Patriots would, would pay him or not, and now I see why they did even more because that guy is excellent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we we on Patriots Twitter have the meme of Marcus Cannon being JJ Watt's dad. I think we need to upgrade yep. it to Trent Brown. Trent, Trent Brown being Clowney's dad because you know what? You, you you can tell me Clowney got two pressures and I'm pretty sure one of them actually came on the right side of the line. Uh, not a hundred percent sure that's what I remember. I didn't hear Clowney's name called all day on the broadcast besides that play. Trent Brown manhandled him. It was incredible to watch and we thought he might have some issues with his conditioning. Not at all. He looked great from wire to wire in basically all situations. And, I mean, if you brought an alien down from from outer space and you told him which tackle is better, Nate Solder or Trent Brown, and you showed him the last five games of Solder as a Patriot in Brown's game this week, I Definitely. think he might say Trent Brown. And the Patriots are, play, are paying him like less than
0: 10% of what Trump Brown, of what soldiers getting. Yeah, definitely. So we love it. I absolutely love that. But the, the thing I want to say about this is uh, please, Marcus Cannon, stay healthy because Waddle is not good. He's just not good. He's just not good. I'm, yeah, he's you know, not good. I'm going to disagree. I, di- I disagree with you. No, nah, I disagree.
1: You know what? How many teams have three starting not the Patriots. Battles? Uh, did, I mean, we're forgetting Waddle last year. Waddle last year was good. He was really good. There was barely any drop-off with him and Cannon. I'm not saying he'll be that again this year, and hopefully he won't need to be because we know Cannon's a better player. And, you know, of course, Waddle is not going to be um, – he's not going to be what Isaiah Wynn might have been, but Waddle's enough to get you by as a swing tackle. Uh, you don't really want him out there. You want your top two tackles healthy, but
0: just as a third tackle, you're not going to do much better than Waddle. Yeah, I agree. That's he was better opinion. last year than he was in this specific game, but just if he plays like this going forward, and Cannon gets hurt, uh, just really not good. That's that's just all I'm saying. Yeah, no, that I mean that's fair, but his
1: I think Waddle's track record is enough to where we can say. They're kind of like Hogan, right? Like I said, he st- he struggled a little bit separating as the top option at receiver, like he usually does when pressed in a situation like that. But we know what Hogan is in his role, and we know what Waddle is in his role. It's it's not something to worry about. Like of all the spots on the team, I don't think that
0: swing tackle is
1: pretty high on the list of. Uh, of um, concern, spots, yeah,
0: for sure, and also to tie this all together, Phil Dorsett was absolutely incredible, and he might have 60 plus catches this year. Yeah, he he exceeded
1: every expectation, I think. Like, I sent you on our DMs, like, if Brady really needs or he averages like 24 completions a game, and in there, I put if Phil Dorsett can get you like an average of four and a half catches over the next month without Edelman, you're good. And he got a seven catches and three in the two-minute drill to end the end of half. The route he ran on the touchdown was just beautiful. I don't think Cooks ran a route that was that pretty all of last year. And just incredibly promising. Brady going to him in those big moments at the end of the first half tells you pretty much all you need to know about the trust factor with Dorsett. And, look, this is a guy who's had the talent his whole career. Uh, he was blocked on the death chart his first year in Indianapolis by what amounted to be progress stoppers in Andre Johnson and Dante Moncrief. Last year, as we all know, uh, I think he, it was his third year in the league and he didn't know the system, so he couldn't really make any type of impact. And his second year in the league, he was hurt. Like, his talent's still there and his athletic numbers they compare pretty favorably to cooks and you just watch him play and i'm not going to say he's better than cooks but he just he's so much smoother on routes that break outward and inward and he's better after the catch that much is that much was clear from the little flare screen they threw out to him where he made one of the corners for Houston miss he's just a <laughs> he's a better maybe fit for the offense. And if he's not a better fit for the offense, he's a better fit for the offense at his price.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. I like Dorsett a lot better than cooks in this offense and something funny on Dorsett. I'm watching the line, right? I'm rewatching the game, just focusing on line, watching my boy Trent Brown. And all of a sudden I see this person, this human being on an NFL field, just flying in the air. And I was like, what the, what the hell is that? So I re I rewatched the play it's the Patriots line up in a bunch formation with Gronk, Hogan, and Dorsett. And Dorsett is trying to clear out for Gronk. And the DB just absolutely chucks him about seven yards down the field, just pancakes him completely. Gronk's wide open. It was an incompletion on the left side to White, you probably remember. But it was just funny to me seeing Dorsett flying in the air. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be a blocker. He's not looking for <laughs> He did his best, but... man. Gronk was open.
0: <laughs> he's – yeah. Yeah, he All did right, enough. So, on that note, the offense is really good. We love it. But let's go to the defense here. And uh, something that we really love is the Patriots Grand Theft linebacker here because Juwan Bentley was probably, if not the best, the second-best player on the defense on this day. He was absolutely incredible. They had him in dime packages on third and long. He played the most naps out of any player, I think. He was split out on a lot on a running back, more than three more than three occasions. Multiple and times. blanketed him, blanketed them. Uh, he was really good. This is something Landon Roberts could never do, and we absolutely love it. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for Mayo Junior and Bentley.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Look, I mean, if we had drafted Rashawn Evans, right, like everyone wanted me included in the first round, and Rashawn Evans had played the exact game that Jawan Bentley played, I think we would have led the podcast with it. Bentley has just, he's been incredible. Every time he's been on the field, he's been so good. And I tweeted during the game, like, Bentley is their one linebacker in the dime package. That is just amazing. It's like unprecedented, man. Like any idiot can tell that this guy, the Patriots coaching staff, loves him. It's just, it's obvious. They're playing him as their top linebacker. He played more snaps, not only than the secondary guys obviously played the whole game, but Bentley played more snaps than anyone in the entire front seven. that is just, it's remarkable with, you, you consider the, the players, the Patriots have on the front seven, there's established guys on there and you have a rookie linebacker that's leading them in snaps. That's crazy. It's just crazy. And we made fun of the draft pick when they made it because the scouting reports on the guy and like, we're not grinding the tape here. The scouting reports on the guy said that he basically did nothing good or nothing. Well, I mean, I'm watching him play and he does everything well. He's probably the best coverage linebacker on the Patriots, which is ridiculous because he played two downs at Purdue. Like, it makes no sense. I think they might have cloned some other player, but I love it. And, you know, Belichick, he's already a leader on the team. Matt Slater compared him to Mayo. And Belichick brought him into the middle of the circle in the postgame in the locker room in front of the entire team. Like, what else do you need to know about the guy? He's a stud. He's just a – it's what he is. He played more snaps than Hightower and then Van Noy. It's incredible. Just for a fifth-round rookie, I really can't believe it. And I am, I am so glad to be rotting on him because he he is everything that they needed out of a new linebacker. Yeah, just give me a moment,
0: man. I'm crying. That was beautiful. <laughs> but when when Elandon yeah. Roberts trotted his ass on the field – you can just see the difference. You can just see the <laughs> difference in just little things that Bentley was doing. On the safety, Bentley blankets the running the check down running back. Something Alandon Roberts could never do. There was a there's a play where the, uh, there there's a check down running back and Alandon Roberts and then falls as soon as the, as soon as the <laughs> pass is thrown. And Bentley was the, was not the main reason for this, for the safety, but he made a bunch of plays like that where Watson just couldn't dump it off because the secondary is really good. And yeah. Oh my God. Is that huge?
1: Yeah. Bentley, like (laughs) the guy, he, I think I counted like three or four times in the game where Watson looks to the check down and it's not there. Bentley just, he's on top of it. And God, if if you had told me this in June that Bentley was gonna become this, like if you had told me this before the first preseason game, I would have laughed at you. I would have said you were on drugs. But it, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not ready to say that he's our best linebacker, but you can tell he belongs on the field with the top with uh, Hightower and Van Noy as the top duo.
0: Yeah. It's uh, incredible. It's just amazing, and the defense really, uh, you know, it looked better. Like the guys were in the right spots. Flores being the main, the main cog in this issue here because Matt Patricia sucks, obviously. But the thing that a lot of people worried about was the run defense, and I'm just here to tell you, it's. I don't think it's that big of a deal. The Patriots were playing Kyle Van Noy on the edge. They didn't play, they didn't even play Claiborne that much. Flowers on the other edge and Shelton. Shelton actually didn't play that much. I think it was due to Watson's mobility. They just wanted to can't contain him in the pocket, which they did all night long. And so the run defense really, it's not that big of a deal to me. They played their nickel the whole entire game, and which is actually a smaller nickel because Kyle Van is setting the edge and did a great job mirroring Watson, by the way. He was excellent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Van Noy, kind of, in a way, Ninkovich, like right, in that role as uh, the athletic sort of edge player, that we thought Derek Rivers might be a factor in that. And I think we still think Derek Rivers, like if an edge player misses a game here or there, Rivers can come in and he can give you some good snaps. But you see he's kind of fallen behind the top four at that position. On the run defense, man... <sighs> The Texans' touchdown drive, they just ran the same play over and over and over again, and it kind of looked like the Patriots were just letting them have it. There was so much time left. There was such little time left in the game that Houston really wasn't going to mount any type of comeback um, running the ball. And Bill O'Brien, by the way, just went full Andy Reid (laughs) near the end of the game and um, even... Like, at, at the end of the first half, obviously, the clock management by Houston was an atrocity, seriously. But for that reason, like, the Patriots, they were letting him have it near the end, and I don't really think it's anything to be too concerned about. I think the one thing I will say, Adam Butler, still not good against the run, not really a surprise, but uh, it is what it is. He's an obvious passing downs player, and... He's good at what he does, so uh, they'll keep him in that role. Really, what stood out to me is, like you said, and like we had talked about during the preseason, the players were all already in roles that were pretty well-defined, right? The linebacking, the four linebackers were just basically rotating. Uh, The edge players, Claiborne was in there on obvious passing downs. Wise was in there on obvious passing downs. Butler, too um flowers actually wise kicked in next to butler which i thought was pretty interesting flowers by the way best defensive player on the field for either team just a monster right uh but like yeah john jones was the nickel they they didn't really mess with anything all that much everyone kind of knew what they were supposed to do and you didn't have trey flowers dropping in the flat or in the deep third
0: it it was beautiful It it was yeah, it, it almost felt like a playoff game. The way the team was just so ready and in sync, which is not we're we're not used to that in September. We're used to Matt Patricia, the defense is allowing 500 yards. Four, Flowers is 20 <laughs> yards downfield, and Gilmore looks drunk on the field and doesn't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, that that was September. You just described <laughs> September of 2017. <laughs> And, uh, look, let's just say September 2018 is a far cry from any of that. Look, I even throw it back to, like, 2014. The defense still wasn't quite playing, you know, how they eventually would. 15, it was the same story. 16, you know, they had to trade Jamie Collins because of how they looked and because they couldn't define players' roles. And this year, it, it just, it was different last year, obviously. Right. But this year with Flores, he did what everyone has said he would do. And what happens? The defense allows 10 points on drives that don't start with a short field, by the way. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Bradley yeah. McCarran.
0: McCarran, you suck. Goodbye. By the way. Good riddance.
1: Good riddance. He is not an NFL caliber player. <laughs>
0: Not even close. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also what I also want to say is uh Lawrence Guy, Dietrich Wise, had hell of a game on the line. Wise looked like, looks like he's going to take the year two jump. Granted, it is the Texans O-line, so I don't know how much we can take from that. But it's good that he was good, and Lawrence Guy was really good on passing and running down. So just what you like to see, Hightower yeah. on the inside, Bentley on the inside. With Hightower playing on the edge a little bit, but Kyle Van Noy played mostly on the edge. Which I've been wanting to see that he's he's good on the edge. Yeah, it
1: was sometimes they moved into the diamond front with the five guys on the line and one linebacker one linebacker back. In that situation, like you said, it was Hightower and Van Noy on the edges, and Bentley as the single linebacker uh, behind the stack. But uh, yeah, just great. And you. You mentioned Lawrence guy um, Dietrich Wise, Keontae Davis. It's what we said in the preseason, man. They have good players now. It's different. It's just different. And they can rotate on a defensive tackle. They can rotate at the um, defensive edge. They can, I mean, they even rotated at linebacker. It's a far cry from what it was last year. And it it was a breath of fresh air. You know, you said, um, Granted, it was the Texans O line. I mean, they, they weren't doing this to any O line last year. That's true. Year. Nomad, like, it was Eric <laughs> Lee out there last year trying to set the fucking edge. Eric Lee and Cassius Marsh. They were they were playing Scrubs, you know, Marquis Flowers. We liked him, but I think we know what they thought of him. They cut him. Right. Just, I mean, this year it's just they have good players on the defense. They have good players. It makes a difference. It
0: showed up. Yeah, totally did. This was a totally uh, a different feel. There was no calls for Dan Bailey, so that was really good. We like to see that. Um, there was th- <laughs> yeah, just wait. Just wait a couple weeks. <laughs> Des Bryant yeah. called beyond the Patriots, as did a lot of people. So we're going to talk about the wide a couple wide receivers in the back that the Pats brought in. So we have Corey Coleman, we have Benny Fowler, and we have Barner Kenyon Barner so what do we make of these guys Uh, what do we think about them what do you think well one thing
1: or two things we didn't talk about actually one Jeremy Hill IR
0: sucks yeah Yeah. he looked like our best running back legitimately
1: he looked great and he was playing special teams and he was working his ass off you could tell he loved being in New England Uh, the fact that he came in and he was willing to play special teams, just have a lot of respect for him and what he did during training camp, during the whole off season came in and really the best shape of his career, the best shape he's been in since his rookie season sucks to lose him. It sucks. And they brought in Kenyon Barner to replace him. I guess Barner will take, um, take over punt return from McCarran. take over as the fourth running back for Hill it chips away at the team's depth. Uh, I would say pretty significantly at running back, right? They have now two guys in Burkhead and White, who we know what they are. Michelle might be great, but he's also a rookie, so it might take him a little time. again, you you know, the range of outcomes with him is like there's a scenario where two weeks from now we're sitting here and we're saying like, holy shit, Sony Michelle is something else, but there's also a scenario where he hasn't played yet. And Kenyon Barner was playing 15 snaps a game for the team on offense. So it sucks to lose Hill. Barner punt return, little versatility plays a little bit on kick coverage teams plays. I mean, he has some ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. I guess he's, he's fine. as like a, a Brandon Bolden type who, Will play offense in a pinch, and his main contributions will come on special teams.
0: Uh, what do you think about Barney? Yeah, it's it's great that he's punt returning because Riley McCarron absolutely sucks and single handedly gave the Texans seven points. But that's neither that's neither here yeah. nor there. Also on Hill, I want to say <laughs> that I, he's only twenty five. You know that. He's twenty five, so Jesus. I I really hope wow. the Patriots can lock him up for another year, maybe on a on a little cheap deal, because like you just said, he's he's a great Patriot. He blocked the freaking punt, and he and he looked like an excellent yeah. runner in the best shape of his life. I hope you can recover and and come back and be a Patriot again because he loved it and I loved it as well. And it sucks that he's down because he was in for a good year. Yeah, and I'll say this. Mike Gillisley
1: is probably going to get cut from the Saints, if not this week, uh, when Mark Ingram comes back. And we on this podcast are not really Mike Gillisley fans, but it would not be the worst thing in the world to bring the guy back to be the fourth running back on the team. Just eventually when he inevitably gets cut. And they worked out Orleans Darkwood today, according to the GOAT Mike Reese. Uh, dark, power back. Uh, they're clearly looking for someone in that mold. Uh, again, Gillisley probably be my first choice because we know what he is, but dark you know, you can find running backs basically is what I'm saying. And the Patriots still have three guys that they're probably going to lean on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. You're totally right there on Barner and, and the position of the other running backs as for, uh, as for Fowler, I don't I don't see much I don't see much from him. Maybe I'll be wrong here, but may Corey Coleman has a higher upside out of those two guys, obviously. I think he was kind of a jerk yeah. at both teams he was at and didn't really ha- doesn't really have great hands. I think he had like a forty two percent catch percentage one year. But Well Deshaun Kaiser,
1: let's be fair to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true, but he he was struggling in hard knocks as we all saw. But you know, okay. maybe this maybe this resurges his career. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not going to count on it too much. I'm not. I'm not even thinking about Corey Coleman. If he if he succeeds, that's good. I'm not expecting him to do anything.
1: Right, Corey Coleman. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's here for the next three weeks, and then he just gets cut when Edelman comes back, because the, the, he's not going to learn the offense in three weeks. And of like at some point that there's only so many receivers you can have on the team and he hasn't proven to be all that good. So like, yeah, Coleman, uh, I, I just didn't love it. That, that's my honest opinion of it. I guess for the 17 snaps, they threw Riley McCarran out there. Fine. Like, yeah, I'd rather have Corey Coleman on the field but this is not a guy that I want to be um, making a long-term impact on this team. It's a one-year deal and really a lot of people made a pretty big deal out of it today. I don't think it deserved it because I think kind of in all likelihood, he's going to, he's going to be packing up pretty, pretty soon here. But on the other hand, I would say that Fowler out of the three guys, Maybe Barner, but who knows? Fowler might have the most staying power. Like the guy played, let me check here just to make sure. He played 227 special team snaps for Denver last year. That was 49 or 50%, I should say, of Denver's special team stats. And you compare that to Brandon Bolden, who played 60% of the Patriots special team snaps. And another thing we didn't cover was the Patriots struggling on kick coverage.
0: Oh yes, And yes,
1: it was bad. It was really bad. And Fowler might be a guy that just factors into that mix as a, as a guy on kickoff coverage units, because they clearly need it. Like I saw they had a Landon Roberts on the first team on the first kickoff team. Landon Roberts is not a special teams player. (laughs) Like of everything, all the things Landon Roberts is nothing. Yeah, uh, he nothing. <laughs> right, he he's a missile that runs into the wrong gap like sixty-seven percent of the time, and he on special teams just not a good fit. Fowler in that way might bring. Uh, he might make a a role for himself on the team. I will say though, cutting Brandon Bolden for Amara Darbo and Chad Hansen, neither of whom are on the team anymore. Not looking too
0: good. Yeah, the Patriots didn't look good in kick return or kickoff. They they're really bad in kickoff. Right. Really bad. You know that's yeah. not gonna continue.
1: Kick on. return. Right. No, it won't in kick return, they it, like if it continues, Belichick's gonna make a trade. He's gonna trade for this year's Marquis Flowers or this year's Batamosi or whatever. You might I could even see this week against Jacksonville, I could see a guy like Keon Cross and getting the nod over Roberts on the game day roster just for special teams. Keon Cross and J.C. Jackson, maybe even Fowler because they, they cannot be so putrid um, considering how much they've invested into their special teams. And they won't They won't be. So nothing to really worry about there, but uh, maybe a reason for the Fowler signing. We should talk about Dez, though. Oh,
0: I should talk about him?
1: You get, you're get setting the stage? For Des. we should. Yeah. yeah. As a podcast, as a title talk pro-Dez podcast, we should talk about why the Patriots aren't even
0: kicking the tires on him. You know what, Alonso? I don't know. And specifically, I don't know because Corey Coleman was not, like I just said, not a great guy with the Browns. He was crying <laughs> to be traded from the Browns. And he was he cried and basically got himself kicked out of Buffalo. Which say what you want about Buffalo, it's still a pro NFL team, and that's not a good look either. And so it's hard for me to believe they bring the guy in. I know Lombardi didn't like him at all, so I I didn't. Oh Lombardi shredded him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that one. So if you think Corey Coleman's such a bad guy, we're going to compare him to Dez, who I don't think is even that bad of a guy. And he's I mean he didn't cry to be traded. You know, this is, please, just, I would rather see Des on this team. I don't, I don't know why the Patriots fans are so against Des Bryant. Uh, you, just look out there on Chris, at Chris Hogan on some of the third downs, what he was doing out there. Just look, just watch. Yeah. Just look at Riley McCarron. Now let's imagine Riley exactly. McCarron is Des Bryant. Can we just do that? Just imagine Riley McCarron is Des Bryant.
1: You know what? And you're a, absolutely right and at this point like they brought in Corey freaking Coleman over Des Bryant Des Bryant's not going to happen but Mike Reese yesterday has this speculative article about should the Patriots bring in Des Bryant on a get to know you meeting Mike Reese is never throwing shit against the wall okay never the thing on his personal website about Golden Tate you know what? He buried that, and it was pretty clearly just a fake hypothetical scenario type of trade. And that's, that's a totally different story. He wrote an article for ESPN dedicated to Des Bryant. That is something, okay? I, I am 100% sure that someone told Mike Reese that they might be meeting with Des Bryant. Because Mike Reese would not have written that if not for for him having some type of information. Now, was that information probably wrong? Yes, because they signed Corey Coleman over Des Bryant. But like you said, man, Des Bryant had 68 catches last year. He, I mean, put him in the Riley McCarron spot. Seriously, just imagine that. It's not... It's not rocket science. The Patriots would be a better football team with Des Bryant, period. I don't, don't give me – I had someone try to argue with me in, in the mentions about Corey Coleman being better. Oh, my God. Jesus. That is ludicrous. Ludicrous. I, I mean, next thing you know, people are going to be telling me that Riley McCarron might be better than Des Bryant. Riley? Right. I swear. That's how, the Riley McCarran that's McCarran how people on
0: the Twitter are. Yeah, it's, it's a Riley McCarron. Seriously. Live. Jesus Christ. Well, also, uh, Dez can punt return. He's done that before. Yeah. At at worst case, he can catch punts, which we can't. Like Riley
1: McCarron fair caught two punts where he had 12 yards to gain. Just easy running forward (laughs) on – yeah, twice on Sunday. He was terrible. Like When he fair caught it, he should have returned it. When he didn't – he was awful, just completely overmatched. I'm glad they got Barner for that, for that job. And look, Dez. I guess it'll stay a pipe dream. And even like when Edelman comes back, if they had Dez, Dez would probably be an inactive on most game days. But he's still good depth, and he's he's worth sign. He's worth bringing in for a visit to see if you like him. And if you don't, whatever, don't sign him. I, I mean, I don't – if Belichick didn't sign him after bringing him in for a meeting, like, I can, I can live with that. The guy is trying to feud with Skip Bayless on Twitter.
0: I respect that. If, <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, he, if he is not a good fit for the Patriots culture, like, I could understand that. But I don't
0: know. I think it's worth a shot. Uh, yeah, also I want to double down on this. You know who Des Bryant is better than? Dwayne Allen. Corey Coleman? Dwayne Allen. Okay. This, if any game was a Dwayne Allen game, where you needed Dwayne Allen to actually be a good player and catch some balls, and you know what the funny part? All summer, all summer we heard, Dwayne Allen looks faster. Dwayne Allen looks much better. Dwayne Allen was dealing with an injury last year. Blah, 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 blah. Guess what? I just watched the game. He sucked, and he... And this, like I just said, they, Trump Brown is faster than Yeah, him. they were in two tight end sets and he didn't catch a pass. Or I don't even know if he ran a route, to be quite honest with you. And if he did, who who the hell knows because he probably had a defender draped all over him. He sucks. He's terrible. And that, the, to get his cap hit from 5 to 3.8, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that's embarrassing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with that a hundred percent. I tweeted when they made the move, and when it went, when it wasn't known how much the restructure had been for, I tweeted. I think I'm gonna like Dwayne Allen at his new cap number, and I don't like Dwayne Allen at his new cap number. It is astronomically high. Like they squeezed J Mac out of less than a million dollars for him to make the team, and even they made some of those incentives like likely to be earned. So they decreased their cap space, um, according to some of the cap gurus on Twitter. But and Dwayne Allen, they they can only get down to three point eight on him. Like, are you kidding me? It's like, uh, it's it's inexplicable. It, uh, he's he's not good as a receiver, and you're paying him three point eight million dollars to block on a third of your snaps. I mean, Probably less when Hollister's back. It, and, it's, it, it's, it, I'm sorry.
0: It's bad. And, it's just bad. And also, also, the Patriots out of their two tight end sets were horrible running the ball. Do you want to know why this is? Do you just want to know? It's because no one respects Dwayne fucking Allen at all. He's the little <laughs> Garrett Blunt of tight ends. They know the run's coming. And if not, <laughs> who cares? Because why would you defend Dwayne Allen in our passing route? He's about as dangerous as yeah. my grandma. <laughs> yep, my grandma's so about as dangerous. My grandma's my grandma. pretty fast, but that's ne- that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there, right? God, Dwayne <laughs> Allen, you suck, Jesus! The, you know what? As soon as as soon as I heard that Hollister would be out, I was like, okay, cool, Dwayne Allen. You know, everyone's telling me Dwayne Allen's going to be good. Show me something. Yeah, let's go, Dwayne Allen. Guess what? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And there's not going to be. There's not going to be a game this year that Dwayne Allen's going to have a good game, and if it's not this game, I'm sorry. And guess what? We're going to need him next week. Guess what? We're going to need him next week. And guess what he's going to do? Nothing. 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 Right. He is bad. That is that's my analysis, Allen. <laughs>
1: <out>. He's bad. <laughs> he's still poo. <laughs> you, and and Hollister when Hollister is back. Um, this week against Jacksonville, not to get ahead of ourselves and do a Jack's preview here. I think Jack- Hollister might be just like another, just essentially a big slot receiver for them. Right? On third downs, like who who do you think the Patriots are going to trust to put out there? Corey friggin Coleman or Jacob Hollister?
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. That's- and he's, he's not much of a blocker anyways. So it, you just might as well do it and by the way it's not like it's not like Dwayne Allen is just out here crushing dudes and just being insanely good <laughs> at run blocking and winning you Super, Bowl, Super Bowls because he's just run ball, blocking at such a high level and making 3.8 million on against the cap just roll that shit over and cut his ass jesus christ
1: yeah it cannot happen now unfortunately but it, it should have happened in the off season Danny Amendola should still be a patriot we hate it. <laughs> fucking hate it. Every, you know what? I, I'm going to give a shout out here to Dion Lewis, to big dick Deion Lewis, because people said he was a product of this system. People, of course, when I say people, it's basically the same people that called Aaron Rodgers the GOAT after winning a Monday night game. I mean, a Sunday night game in week one of the fucking season. Get out of here with that. I do not want to hear that. It's ridiculous. Those same people would have probably called and did call at points of last year. Dion Lewis's system running back, and if you watch the Dolphins Titans game, even just the highlights, Dion Lewis was the best player on Tennessee's offense. Ho hum, not a surprise. It, it's what he is. Everywhere he goes, he's great because he's just a great player, and he could still be a Patriot, but the team. You know, it's carrying dead weight, like $3.8 million of Dwayne <laughs> Allen as a fucking blocking
0: tight end. Good Lord. All right, right after we end this, you can all catch me angrily tweeting about Dwayne Allen. And actually, I think I'm going to point out some specific plays. Yeah, please do. Actually, I don't know if I want you to do that. Is, is this worth three? Dwayne Allen gets one arm on John Cloudy. $3.8 question mark, upside down? Is this worth three point uh, eight million? Is this worth three point eight million?
1: I think if you slash that to half of it, if you slash to one point nine million, I think I'd be okay with it. I think No you wouldn't. I might and I might I might be okay with a player at one point nine who we're currently playing paying three point eight. That's just great. You love to see that.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. I think we're done here. After we slayed Dwayne Allen to his absolute death, like we always do on basically every podcast that involves talking about any <laughs> any form of cap hit or the team at all. So any any form of football.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna point one thing out. The Lions are a debacle, right? They're gonna stink this year. Golden Tate. Correct. Oh, yes Golden or no? Tate. Yes, Golden fucking Tate, trade deadline, whatever. You might not know. He might come in and he might know like 10 plays for the whole season if they trade for him at the deadline or something. But at some point, the Lions are going to have to think about trading him because the Lions are going to stink. Like if they get to the trade deadline and they are one in seven, which not inconceivable,
0: Golden Tate. Yeah, we're – Golden Tate. We we're absolutely here for it. this. Was the best case scenario of Matt Patricia just absolutely fucking stuff up B- beyond God's fucking belief, <laughs> and and Golden <laughs> Tate of a Patriot and Edelman, Golden Tate, Gronk, and White and Hogan Dorsett. We would absolutely love that, and Golden Tate could return punts at some point too as well.
1: Yep, I I saw a good. I'm seeing a good Nick Wright tweet. Just do you, Patricia. Just do you, man. Just do you. Can I read a good Nick Wright tweet? Because it's there's these are rare. Okay? These are rare. Okay. Ever since at M. Lombardi NFL, the great Michael Lombardi pointed out that Patricia keeps that pencil behind his ear despite having a laminated
0: play sheet. I've been skeptical of his abilities. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't the debacle of every September there ever was, and the mention of Belichick taking the reins in, which I think he secretly did. It wasn't that. It was the pencil. You it just was can't. Pencil. It's it's. There's just rules in life. Like you can't. You cannot be a good defensive coordinator with a laminated play sheet and a fucking pencil in your. And you cannot be a good NFL running back if you're a cross-eyed. There, these are just the rules. Oh no! Oh no! Why
1: do you do this? Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle, the next LaShawn McCoy crossed with Alvin Kamara. Book it, book it, put it in the bank. It'll gain interest.
0: I swear to God, every bad play this year, I will tweet a picture of him being cross-eyed. Every single one, Fuck without you. a caption. <laughs>
1: uh, he's gonna be so good. You just watch. He's gonna be so.
0: Good. Yeah, I'm making my Trent Brown face right now. all right man i think we i think we covered everything and uh the people as you're listening to this we're going to put out another preview pod here shortly this week so you got to check that one out as well because patriots got a big game on their hand dwayne allen's going to be no help and they've got a lot of shit to do we're going to tell you what's going to happen
1: yeah and it, it's week two, and it might be the most important game of the regular season. How's that for a tease?
0: It's a must-win game. Must win. I missed Dad. Question mark? Sony Michelle face? <laughs> Question mark?
1: Trent Brown is going to father Yannick Ngakwe.
0: Tune in. Soldier could never. Holder sucks. body <laughs> By Ngakwe. He
1: looked like Eric Flowers. <laughs> and Eric Flowers looked like a fucking trash can.
0: Both of which <laughs> are, have more talent in their fingers than Dwayne Allen. All right. I will see you later, buddy. Good podcast. See, see you later, bud.
1: Great pod. See ya.